Good afternoon. What's up? I'm Dr. James Smith Jr. and welcome to another episode of The Dr. James Show. Today we have another exciting, powerful experience for you. And you know, when I go on these experiences, I got to bring my co-pilot with me, Shannon Peck. What's up? Good to see you. Good afternoon. So excited. We missed, we missed you last week. We missed you. <laughs> hey, sometimes you just, you know, you you got to, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So, you know, I just wanted to make sure everybody missed me as much as you did. <laughs> well, everybody did. I did. No more doctor's appointments during the showtime. We need our Shannon shot. Uh, well, thank you. Hey, welcome everyone back to the show. Those of you who join us um, regularly, those of you who are brand new, we're excited to have you. Uh, welcome for the next hour. Of course, we love for you to participate, participate, participate. Make sure you light up this chat room, ask your questions, uh, make your comments. We're going to do our best to get them all in during the show. And um, Dr. James, I'm really excited. A week off, I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, I'm excited because we have a colleague, a friend, a warrior, and a surprise. But let's start with my colleague, friend, warrior, Jennifer Gomez Hardy. I call her Jay Go Hard. It is a trial attorney for the Gomez Law Group, but she's also a make it happen person. She's been fighting throughout her life to to make change and to help other people go beyond the next level. And she's gonna share some of her thoughts with her today. Jay Gohart, what's up? Hey everybody, nice <laughs> to see everyone. Thank How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, so great, so busy, so just a lot of things. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, I know it's nonstop. I know you're yeah. a trial attorney. I yeah. know you're a mom. I know you're a wife. I know you own your own business. I know you part of a business partnership for owning a restaurant. Do you breathe? Do you sleep? What's life like today? It is literally intense, especially with the pandemic. Um, not only just dealing with your own personal anxiety and trying to get through like day-to-day -day, um, world issues and things like that. But then, like you said, I have all these different roles, all these different hats and, you know, just trying to be the best at everything. So sleep is not my friend right now. Um, <laughs> just because your mind is like running a hundred miles a minute, you know? So, and it's funny because I've never had an issue with sleeping. Um, I could sleep at a drop of the hat. Like as soon as I lay my head down, Nowadays, not so much. Mm, mm. Would but you say? Would you say you get four, five hours? Yeah, like approximately that. Wow. Um, yeah, so approximately that. And my husband is actually notorious too. He cannot sleep. He, he sleeps less than I do. So it's right. just in the Hardy household, sleep is really uh, lacking. <laughs> well, great segue because the surprise we have. That we we thought Jennifer Gomez Hardy was going to be our guest, but we were talking before the show, and Tracy Hardy, hubby, is available to come on too. And I wanted Tracy to come on because we're in election time, and and Tracy's very involved in outreach, getting people involved, voting, and, and sharing thoughts with what's better to send it in or to uh, stand in line. 
during this pandemic, that we've invited Tracy Hardy, Jennifer's husband, to come on board the Dr. James show as well. So Tracy, come on out. Hey Doc, how you doing? Hey, Tracy in the house. You brought the house. Tracy, you want to give the, the audience a um, snapshot of some of the things you're doing these days in, in light of what's happening with the election season and the extra work you're putting in and all things, what's on your mind? Sure, uh, absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, I'm married to the uh, host you have for today, Jennifer Gomez Hardy, uh, somewhere between heaven and hell. Uh, God has blessed me and I'm very thankful for that. That's my first and mate. That's my first job, most important job of all, uh, is to be a husband and, and a caring individual to the queen that I married. Um, secondly, I am the owner of a company called Monroe Press. It's been in existence since 2004. It's a minority printing slash consultants political consulting services group. Sure. Um, me and my father started it in 2002 because so I've seen a need and a void to have African Americans. Uh, at the forefront of printing. Um, and in Philadelphia alone, there's only three minority shops that get less business than the other shops. Wow. Uh, wow. You have Minuteman Press that I do deal with on, on a timely basis, my shop, and uh, also Replica owned by mm -hmm. Dr. Keith Leapard, a childhood uh, friend. Um, that's one avenue I cruise into daily <laughs> um, and also run my consultants firm through that as well for various candidates. Uh, I am also the director of outreach operations for the statewide PA Dems. I was formerly chief of staff for Senator Street. I was formerly deputy mayor for John Street. Uh, I've held every office, uh, administrative office from chief of staff on down uh, oh, since 1999. Uh, I've been successful, had some you know pitfalls and some waves because yeah. I've I move at a different beat, um, <laughs> but God has blessed me. I was able to marry Jennifer Gomez Hardy in July 15, I mean, July 11, 2015, 7-11, 2015. Get it right, get it right. She's looking, she's looking, she's looking. She's tattooed on me, I got it. <laughs> uh, so we uh, were able to uh, purchase Lou and Chews in October of 2015. Um, this, um, I, I, and that was me. I was the captain of the ship, but I also needed my uh, co-part and my partner in crime and in business uh, to help me uh, pull this off. Whereas I seen a value and a lack of um, black excellence. Uh, right. Lou and Shoes right. has been around since the late 70s. I knew the gentleman. Now, um, Trace, I, I've known about it, but some of the folks on here don't know anything about it. I've eaten there, but can you tell them about Lou and Shoes? Yeah, Lou and Shoes is 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 a, it's a um, iconic, iconic African American staple in Philadelphia, uh, bar and grill and hangout type lounge. Um, it's been around, like I said, you have most of your postal workers, uh, police department workers, firefighters, sheriff's department, all city city workers, uh, and everyday folks um, that come into this place. It's almost like the and it is, it's not even almost like, it is the African-American version of Cheers. <laughs> um, everybody, everybody knows came, your name. <laughs> always glad you came. Um, <laughs> so we were able to put that together and the philosophy behind that doc was that 
we wanted to make sure that one of our restaurants that mm. look like us are on the visitor bureau's right. uh, tourism package. So we did a lot of bumps and bruises over the last five years. We made some money. We lost some money. Uh, we totally revamped the whole thing, new scheme, new everything. We nice. built the largest beer garden for outside um, for, and it's great for, um, cause of the COVID cause we got the spacing and everything else. Mm. And that was, that was definitely my queen's idea because I had no vision about that at all. I was just concentrating on the inside. Um, and that came about because she wanted to actually, uh, have our anniversary in the yard. Nice. And if I could show you a before picture and an after picture. She was just like, so amazed. She killed me the whole way doing it because I was always there from sun up to sundown, sun up to sundown, because I had so much to do. But she was just so happy. And I'm just so happy that she had that vision. It mm. will take us into the future. It, uh, uh, folks have gotten married out. The folks have, some of my friends have went, they had gotten married and then they celebrated in their wow. in their gowns with their queens and their tuxedos at Loon Shoes with me and my wife. Like, like right. I don't know where I want to be right here. I'm like, but you just got married, Trey. I'm cool. I'm going right here. Yeah, we're well, we gonna make sure we get the address in the chat room so people can uh, come visit you. Absolutely, a great time. Now I want to value your time because I know you have things going on today. You're not going to stay there entire entire time. What's what's making this election year different? What are you seeing with regard to your outreach, your communications? What's making it different? Yes, the pandemic, but what what else is making it different? I mean. Even before the pandemic hit, my, my opinion and my humble opinion is that us as Democrats, we got too many issues. For me, I was telling everybody from the end of last year to now, let's get back to the basics. No fancy stuff. This is a really a race between good and evil and that we need to be more focused on two or three things, not 27. Right. All the issues are important. Don't get me wrong. All the issues are important, but two or three issues that you concentrate and keep pounding in, repetition, repetition, repetition is learning, that will resonate your message within folks. Right. Um, so I found it difficult in the beginning of the year to find out what our message was. I found it difficult within my own self saying, what is a Democrat? I found it difficult to say, Am I a Democrat? Then I questioned after the, the 45th person, uh, am I even American? He made me go through this inner, inner uh, 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 spiritual battle right. to find out what are we doing? How are we doing? The one thing I will say, uh, Doc, about the, um, the COVID, me and my wife made a pact. We said, hey, listen, we stuck in this house. It's me and you and our son we gonna make it, either we gonna make it or we ain't. And I can honestly say that as being under her 24 hours a day, same air, same breath, this is that, we probably had maybe two or three flare-ups the whole time. It renewed my marriage in my own, my own life. She may say something different, but it renewed my marriage. It renewed my love for my wife. And that's what the pandemic did for me. Politically, when it hit and we weren't prepared for it, uh, there were signs, there was information out there that folks that are higher power than us, Doc, ignored. It was really a travesty to folks. And then when it really started to hit uh, uh, African-American community really hard because we had the less education, the less funding, it, it was sad. It was just like 
after the George Floyd thing, Trayvon Martin, the police brutality, now this, and we can't even get PPE. It was like, what are we doing, America? What are we doing? So it was a setback, and it's, sure, it's sure. very frustrating. With regard to what we're doing, your opinion, mail-in, in-person, which way benefits, advantages, disadvantages of both? Now, I usually traditionally vote absentee because of the fact that I know I'm always busy. I can't get to the polls because I got 4,000 people. I got a lot of moving parts. I usually start my day at like four in the morning. Wow. So I, and I never get a break in action till like nine o'clock that night and I'm still counting numbers and paying people. So it's a long day. So I started about maybe almost 10 years ago voting absentee. Uh, you know, I like the mail-in ballot. I'm actually tomorrow going to go and vote early because I know I'll be busy. I might as well get it over with. Sure. Um, I think that this was not the year to do it, my opinion, because that we had this 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 hundred pound gorilla on our chest to get rid of. Uh, I think it was a lot of confusion. I think that we alienated our super voters with it because my grandmother's eighty seven. She ain't doing that. She don't want to stay in that. So now it's uh, it's the monk, it's, it's the earnest is on me to make sure I get her to the polls. Make sure I educate my 68-year-old uncle, my 69-year-old dad, my 65-year-old mom, my 68-year-old stepmom. This is what we got to do. And right. it, it just caused us to, um, to really sit back and evaluate how we are communicating within our own structure. Sure, sure. As family. You know, we had some, some deaths in our family over this COVID that hit really hard. Uh, I lost my, one of my best friends since childhood. Uh, uh, Jen's, uh, my wife's grandmother's been t terribly ill. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's been, a, it's this COVID stuff has been terrible. Um, it's been a beast. It's been a beast. Before you take off, I want to bring Shannon in. Yes. See if Shannon has a question or a chat room. What's happening out there before Trace gets away? I think people at this point are just listening. We had put out the uh, your Facebook address uh, for folks to look up Lou and Chew Lounge. Also the address, so if people want to find it. Um, <clears throat> but right now, I think people are just excited and and listening to what Tracy has to say because first of all. Let me just say, the Hardys, you're putting us all to shame. I Now I got to like <laughs> add stuff to my to-do list. I feel like a complete loser. I'm I'm clearly getting too much sleep and I don't look like it at all, folks. <laughs> you guys are an inspiration and I love, I just love your realness. I love that the relatability, like already, I'm, I already see myself, Dr. James, at their lounge. I'm chilling. Like I've invited myself to be their friend, whether they want me or not. <laughs> We're 15 minutes in. So all I'm saying is you guys go with your bad selves. Uh, but let me see here. Somebody has said, you know, they agreed. We we are in a battle of good versus evil. Although I don't believe it's a battle between Democrat and Republican. It's way bigger. So come on, America. Um, so and then people are saying that you guys are a power couple. Thank you guys so much. I, you know what? Before I let or Tracy goes, I definitely want to highlight there's seven satellite offices right now where people could vote. Um, Tracy, do you have any information on that that we could like spill out? But I know me personally, I will be at 4th and Lehigh this Saturday. Um, and this will be to go out, encourage people to vote. Um, and that'll be from 11 to 4. I'll drop the details like in the chat. But I think that it's very necessary for us to get out and vote. I'm going to vote early um, because 
I am going to put all my time and effort to be at the pools. Um, there'll be like a number of us to make sure that it's a safe experience and that people have language access and like a bunch of other things. So on a day of, I want to just volunteer and make sure that I'm hitting different polling places. Um, but this Saturday, if you want to join me, you want to see me, um, <laughs> we are going to be at 4th and Lehigh from 11 to 4, and I'll send some details on that. But you could definitely get, you know, cast your vote that same day. So we're excited. Thank you. Thank you. Trey, any parting words before you take off? Oh, yeah. let the folks know, same high school. But oh, I got yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, a yeah, little yeah, before yeah. you, a little before you, but so any okay, parting yeah. words? That's okay. I needed. I, I met a lot of guys that went to uh, University City, and I can honestly say that they're they're phenomenal gentlemen. Um, and I think that our high school has a special bond because it was one of the newest high schools in Philadelphia. We had an air condition, we had rugs, we had a pool. <laughs> they don't really know about University City, so I'm proud to uh, 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 know that about you, and um, and. and Tighten up the brotherhood. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I want to say that, you know, uh, about the election, um, it is important that we get out and vote early. It is important that on election day, we don't think just about ourselves. We need to bring five people to the polls. Ooh. So, uh, you know, they're going to make it difficult. They're going to play games. They're going to have fake FBI agents. They're going to have running around now people st stealing the signs with a black minivan and a gray minivan and this race person, this race person. These are all the games. There's nothing we're not used to. They're going to try not to count the mail-in votes, the mail-in ballots. Um, we, if we produce what we need to produce early in a huge enough number, it won't even matter. Right. So I just urge all you listeners, and I'm not saying I, I'm, I am Democrat and I want the Democratic person to win, but I have to also do my uh, my due diligence, my due diligence to say that, you know, just exercise your right to vote. I'm not telling you who choose and pick. I'm telling you who I choose and pick, but just be accounted for. Every person of color, uh, black and brown people in the city of Philadelphia, it's time to be accounted for. It's time to ring the bell. It's time to get involved. That means if you have to knock on five doors, knock on five doors. You need to check on your neighbor. We need to get back to being what we're known for as a city of brotherly love. I can't, I can't forget this part because I'll get to go. <laughs> essentially affection. Uh, yeah. we, need to, we need to do that. Um, and I'm hoping that everybody remembers when election day is. And yes, it's nauseating right now with the commercials and the, and the radio ads. And now you're hearing about defunding the police department. And this is that. Don't believe the smoke. We got stuff to do, Philadelphia. And Doc, I thank you for this opportunity. My queen, always a pleasure. Thank you for looking out for me. <laughs> uh, we need to get, we need to get, we need to get hype, man. You got to have a, another show, Doc, where we just got to get people fired up. We're in the streets, we're posting. And we're, we're done. Gonna, all right. <laughs> when it's over, we'll drop the mic. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yes. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. It's time to knock on Jay Gohar's door. Absolutely. Jen, Jen, fill us in from Allentown to here. I want to know a little bit about the Jennifer Gomez Hardy story. How'd you get here? Oh, my Lord. Okay. <laughs> how, much time, I how much time do we have, right? Yeah, I know, right? I didn't realize we were going all the way back to Allentown. So um, that is definitely my hometown. Shout out Allentown. Um, I went to Deerup High School. 
graduated high school and decided that I wanted to move out to the West Coast. So just briefly, I went out to the West Coast. I had a great time because I'm literally a summer bunny. So I love the um, the sunshine. I like the palm trees, that whole thing. So, but I didn't have a real focus. I was like a dance major. I was just like all over the place. I mean, um, and then it was like 1999. And so my family is super religious you know, that whole Y2K thing, and they were just urging me to come back. Right. Um, so I definitely came back and I started really getting serious about like the direction of my life and, and that kind of stuff. And I've always wanted to be an advocate. Um, I've always been involved in like grassroots, you know, issues and things like that. Yeah. Um, one of the most memorable like issues that we were tackling um, was women against rape. And it started by this woman who her daughter was actually raped at a very young age. And mm. she made it her life's mission to talk about things that people, it's very taboo. Like, you know, when you say rape, you know, people are just very uncomfortable. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to address it on a, a level like this or a platform like mm -hmm. this. Um, so I think that that was one of the things that just really got me geared up and you know, when you're working on grassroots things, you can only take that issue so far. So I was really interested in taking it further. Than I actually wanted to be at the table, making decisions, you know, talking about how we can make this a law or, you know, something more aggressive than grassroots. And not to say that grassroots don't happen because we right. have seen what a number of people coming together voicing their opinion does, sure. you know, sure. um, but you also have to have the right leadership and you have to have the right people in the room. So, um, so then I ended up going to law school, started at CCP, uh, and cut me off at any time I'm getting, no, no, what, what, type of, what type of support <laughs> did you have when you started that law school journey where folks all around you saying, go, 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 or was there some challenge or some hurdles you had to clear? Like before going to law school, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's it's weird because I didn't have like a whole bunch of cheerleaders. I think my family, every time I came up with an idea, they were just like, definitely do it. So I didn't have like naysayers, you know, and they always knew from like a small age that I always came up with these wild ideas and what I wanted to do. And so they were just like, do it, you know? So, um, but I don't come from like, a, a huge line of people that went to college or lawyers or doctors or anything like that. They're just like amazing people who work hard. So I honestly inherited their work ethic, right? Mm. So then I started off going to UPS at 4 a.m. It's oh, the no. preload shift. Snap. You were loading trucks? <laughs> I had Timberland boots on. I had like just my hat and I was pushing boxes like you know, it's, it's a factory line basically. Um, and it's, but it paid for CCP. And, um, so I went to CCP, started off there. I love CCP. Um, my son is actually going to CCP right now, which is, um, pretty awesome. So, you know, started off there, got a scholarship and then went to Cheney university mm -hmm. and that's amazing HBCU. And we'll say it's the first one. And because you know that whole Lincoln yes, 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 <laughs> Cheney, yes. Cheney debate. But um, 
So I went to Cheney and then ended up going to Dickinson Law School. So that's pretty much the abbreviated version there. What a trip, what a journey, what a turn. What, what drives you? Because you've been this driven since you were young. Are there any elements or any values you have that drive the decisions you make, drive your indefatigable urge to, to right the wrong? Is there something that drives you? Um, I think it's just a passion for people. You know, I just, I love everybody. And COVID-19 has been so horrible for me personally because I'm a hugger. And I like, I touch too much, to be honest. Like I'm always hugging. I'm always like touching people's shoulder. Like when I talk, like I'm very expressive as, as you could see. So like COVID-19 is just like so different. It's like you're six feet away. Like there's no touching. There's no like hugging, no embracing. You're not even yeah. like face to face most of the time. So it's just like a different world. So I think the passion for the people and to be serving people, like I love to serve people and that's behind the scenes. That's not like, oh, I'm like feeding the homeless. Let me take a picture, a snappy, you know, it's not sure. about that. It's really about like helping someone, you know, behind the scenes. Um, the other thing too, is that I'm afraid to fail. Like mm. that is just, um, and, and taking me back to law school, and actually when I took the bar. So when I took the bar, I was so intense. Like, I don't even think that I was showering daily because I was just like, I don't have time. I need to be like studying, studying, and studying. I was so scared of like um, failing the bar exam. And I remember when I was taking the test, cause you're taking the test um, in like this huge forum. Mm -hmm. And the two people right next to me have failed the exam at least twice. Mm. I hate chatter, but <laughs> like before a test, cause I'm like in my zone. Right, but um, right. so they're both telling me they're like war stories. And I said, listen guys, I said, what I am saying to you guys is that we are all gonna pass this, this time, you know? I never followed up with them. So I can't tell you if that, if that happened for them, but I can't tell you that I passed it. So. You know, um, so those are the two like driving points. Good for stuff. Me. Amazing, amazing. Shannon, why don't you jump into this party? We're having a good time. What's happening in the chat room and or any questions for Jennifer? Um, I have a question for Jennifer um, and for the folks that are joining us online. Um, fear for you has been a driving force that has propelled you so far forward and it continues to give you the strength you need to continue to do things um, even in spite of your fear, what advice can you give folks that are joining us online and that will watch this video afterwards that fear cripples them? And it's the very thing that won't drive, it drives them away from pushing into success that, you know, how do they leverage their fear when it's not productive for them? Awesome question. <laughs> awesome question. Um, awesome question. I think, you know what, um, I think just to use it as conquering, um, this is how you could conquer your fear. Because when it comes down to it, you haven't failed yet. The worst you could do is fail. It's like even um, opening up my own law firm. Um, when I told the people that I was like separating from I was like, listen, I'm jumping off on my own, this and this and that. And they told me the worst case scenario, like bankruptcy, you're not gonna make it, all this other stuff. Even if I took that into consideration, 
right? That bankruptcy, I didn't make it. I could still go and work for somebody else, but not trying it. You know what I mean? Not doing it for myself. So I think if, if your fear is stopping you from that next step, just envision what is the worst thing that could happen? You're not going to die unless you're jumping off a building or something, but you know, if the worst case scenario is a situation where you could recover from then do it because there's no reason not to, and you only live and not to be like YOLO, but you only live once. And if COVID-19 has taught us anything is that life is unpredictable. It is short and you have to capitalize the time that you have here. Yeah. I would say regret is way worse than fear, right? Yeah. You shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know, on your deathbed, it's, you know, I don't think you're going to be say, you know, uh, it would be terrible to say I should have, I could have, and we waste this time. Um, and, and Dr. James tells me, what is it here? You know, you, you recently recognized by the Hispanic media um, with the crystal award during Hispanic heritage month. Can you tell us a little bit about that award, um, what you get it for, and then how you felt about receiving it? So it was very surprising, very special, because I actually love being on the other side of like nominating other people. And actually, there's an event that I'm emceeing where I'm nominating a lot of my colleagues. Um, But this award specifically is for community leaders that are doing like different work in the community, especially the Latino community. So I got um, recognized with a number of like visionaries and like Latino pioneers, which I was like, I felt like small scale to them. Um, So it was kind of funny um, inside story is is that when I was doing my speech, I was like, I think I was the fourth person to talk. And like everybody before me was like, I just want to thank my husband and my significant other and my family. And, you know, leadership means to me all amazing speeches, right? And then I get up on the mic and I take it. I'm like, get ready. Yeah, I take it as an opportunity to um, talk about detention centers and talking about how people are in cages in the United States and just like all these issues. It was, it was kind of wild, but it was awesome because I really do think that in any platform that we have, right, that we're given, we have a moral and civic duty and responsibility to use it to highlight issues in our communities, issues that are happening. And it's like, right now, we don't have time for the fluff. And I think that that comes across when my husband talks, it comes across, obviously, when I talk. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you guys do it with such a balance, though. Do you understand what I mean? Like, there's people who can present information and share their story and remove the fluff, but you feel that, oh, but you don't feel that with you guys. You have such a balance of sharing the why because it's so genuine that you can, you're giving permission to uh, to remove the fluff and get to the issue, but you do it, deliver it in love. So yes. you won the award, I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's exactly what it is. Yourself. It's definitely, you know, packaging it in love, but like letting people know, like right now we're in a state of emergency. And we need to act. And, you know, inaction is now betrayal. You know, silence is now betrayal. Like we have gotten to another level, regardless of what your politics are. Um, And we just need to get back to the basics. We're all humans, you know, before anything else, we are all humans, you know? So 
It's just, you know, loving on each other, bringing that sense of unity, that love back that I don't know. I have a question for you. Thanks, Shannon. I have a question for you, Jen. How has your company been impacted? How has your practice been impacted by the pandemic? What changes have you made other than (laughs) missing hugging and touching people, but specifically what changes have you made to keep the practice going during the pandemic? So the biggest change right now is scanning everything in. I am so old school. Like I love a book. I don't like Kindle or whatever that thing is. Um, (laughs) I love like paper, paper copies. I like highlighting. I like, you know, doing all that stuff. And when this hit, I had to move all my files, my paper files, to like my living room, you know? Ooh. So that was a little bit uh, nerve wracking because now my safe haven and my space is now my office, you know? Um, so one thing is just scanning everything in and, and turning digital is one thing. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, I think since people weren't allowed to go out, Um, I do a lot of motor vehicle accidents, personal injury, that kind of stuff. So since everybody was on lockdown, um, I wasn't signing up a lot of people like I used to. So that pipeline kind of like dried up for a little bit. But um, the positive is, is that it gave me a chance to like really center my firm Mm. um, with organization, with um, policies and procedures. I actually hired two part-time people right now. So we are definitely growing, um, so it's been it's been positive. The the entire centering of your organization is something that I resonate with because prior to this year, I'm on the road 60, 65 percent of the time. But because of the pandemic, I've been still. It's given me a lot of time to think about where I've been, where I'm going, what do I have to do immediately, but how can we again pivot and be more purposeful and better in the future. Now, you know I'm a speaker, you know I love good stories. I'm sure you have a couple, or maybe just even one, to share with us regarding, I know client privilege, confidentiality, but some of the the things you've had to do in your role as the passionate litigator for the people. I know you've, you've gone out of the box, done some really zany things to, to help and support and provide encouragement for some of the people you've worked with and represented. Oh, Lord, you put me on the spot. But I think I would go with, so I represent someone involved in a litigation against UPenn. So um, I, I just fell in love with her story. This case is totally out of my area. Well, not totally out of my area, but I'll go into it. So anyways, she's literally started from the bottom and worked her way up. And um, she was cleaning rooms. She was um, just working herself up and eventually ended up in the radiology department. So um, 20 years in, over 20 years in, she's getting flooded with client like praises she's getting like bonuses like this was really her dream job kind of you know Mm -hmm. so um she just has like this amazing passionate story one day uh one of the patients come in and they have bed bugs all over them wow wow and she tells her colleague like hey um you know 
I heard you had bed bugs. Do you need like um, scrubs or can I help you? Did, did you get bit or anything like that? And he makes an aggressive gesture to her, like very crazy, right? Mm. Um, so she reports it. She reports it to her supervisor. They do nothing. They, they tell her like, hey, listen, I think he was joking with you, like shrug it off, whatever. Wow. So they actually let him know that she reported it. So his behavior becomes more aggressive towards her. Physical contact, aggressive gestures, like all these things. Um, so in Pennsylvania, you have to, when you're dealing with sexual assaults or um, any, any type of like employment issue, you have to go to an administrative agency before you do anything else. Sure. And what ended up happening is it got so aggressive that she resigned. After 20 years, she resigned. Um, she doesn't do anything. She goes to an attorney who um, she explains her story. Yeah. She misses all the deadlines that were required. Um, he's telling her like, okay, I'll sign you up. Realizes she missed all these deadlines and mm. kicks her out. And it's just like, hey, listen, sorry, can't help you. All this other stuff. Um, they come into my office. And I let them know, like, anytime you hire me <laughs> as your attorney, you're going to get, like, transparency. Um, you're going to get exactly what the situation is. So I sat with her and her husband. I tell them, listen, you definitely missed all these deadlines. Under Pennsylvania laws, these are the facts that you were supposed to do. And ignorance of the law is not an excuse. But I was like, you know what? I have an idea. Um, why don't we attack it not as a sexual discrimination? We'll attack it as um, a lack of supervision, a lack of training. Wow. And so I started coming up with all these ideas on how to get her out of she was supposed to go this way. So we are actually in court right now um, on this case. And it's so crazy because defense counsel, they have like a team of lawyers and it's me. <laughs> and it's me it's like coming up with all these like great, yeah yeah and it's funny because they try to kick me out the first time and um and i i wrote this brief the court said okay fine you're not gonna get kicked out so now we're moving along they're still trying to kick me out so it's literally a battle back and forth and the reason why i took this case was i just loved her story and i just i love my client and here's the relationship that you have with people that you meet is that I will dabble in stuff a little bit outside my um, area, but it has to be like a story like this where I felt like she has been so wronged and it's not okay that she was taken advantage and that now she doesn't have her pension. Now she doesn't have like all these things that she was counting on, you know, because all these other benefits that she had working there for over 20 years, now she's kind of starting at like ground level, working somewhere else, part-time, like all these things. So I'll keep you guys posted. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Jen, you talked about when they get you, when your clients get you, they get transparency. I've done my dissertation work on authenticity. What's what's significant in that? You, you said that's that's who you are, that's what you do. How are you able to uh, maintain that level of candor and authenticity and still be super, I guess, resourceful and successful with the people you work with? 
because some people don't think lawyers tell the truth or the whole truth, but you just said you get transparent. How does that work for you? I think it is, I don't want to say a double-edged sword because I think it's good. Um, I don't oversell myself. Um, and one, one case comes to mind where someone came to me and they were like, okay, my attorney is not getting back to me and like all this other stuff, the communication's not there. Um, do you want to take this case? And I was like, well, you know, trip and fall cases are a little bit harder to prove. I said, why don't you tell me where you tripped and fell? Like, you know, so I went to the location um, and I was just like, okay, I will tell you straight up that this is a really tough case, but I will take it with, you know, and just let them know like what the, what I was thinking about. So they get on the phone with the other attorney and was like, oh yeah, you know, um, they got, they solicit their thoughts and the other attorney's like, oh no, this is like a slam dunk, like a hundred percent. I will, I, I been through so many cases like this before and I have like huge verdicts, like all this other stuff, right? So then the client ends up staying with that attorney. Two weeks before the statute, the client's calling me back like, oh my gosh, my um, attorney just dropped me. They said that they don't do this cases and all this other stuff. I was like, well, I could have told you that when they told me that your case was SEPTA, a SEPTA case, and your case was actually slip and fall. You know, it was just, you know, so be weary of any attorney that oversells like the outcome and doesn't see any minuses in your case. You know what I mean? Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Shannon, what's happening in the chat room? Any thoughts, any questions out there? No questions in the chat room. I think everyone is just so excited because you're such a good storyteller. And I think that, um, you know, because again, the genuineness comes across. But um, I do have a question. Your husband earlier in the show had mentioned how um, COVID has affected him um, in a positive way um, and some negative things. Could you share with us what how COVID has impacted you personally um, in a good way and then not so good? For you personally, because I know that you did share professionally some of your um, things that have gone on with you with COVID. So personally, in a good way, I think just the urgency of what I do right now and also just like time management. So the urgency and trying to help other people get to where they need to be. Um, I put that like, I think that has always been a priority, but now it's more like I don't, I don't even know what's beyond a priority, but I see that we really need to get that message across that we are stronger together and that we, even though we're distant, we're not divided. And so um, for me personally, it's just getting back to like the basics that we were just talking about, just um, really leaning on one another, helping each other, seeing what we could do more um, because we do have this moral responsibility to make this world a better place and not only just for us but for you know our future leaders our students um negative impact i think just just not being able to be face to face with everyone um you know i'm i'm zoom fatigue like pretty much anybody else like i'm zoom over it <laughs> so you know so the hispanic media awards um last week or two weeks ago when that happened, it was so refreshing to come like in person. It was limited to like 20 people, like the people that got honored plus their guests and some media people. 
but it was just so nice to be in a room, just your energy, because even though we're doing this virtually, um, it just is different when you're in the room with someone, you feel like their energy, you feel like um, the passion. And it's just nice to like, you know, sit down and just chat it up. Mm -hmm. So um, I think I just really miss that, that kind of stuff. And I'm looking forward to like, in-person conversation again. I'm gonna knock on your door again, because you and I talked a little bit about this. I'm not gonna ask you, how are you gonna finish the year strong? Yeah. Because there's still a lot of uncertainty out there. But I am gonna ask you, how are you going to continue to provide the nutrients of self-care so that Jennifer Gomez Hardy is even stronger next year? What are you gonna do for you? This person who sleeps four hours a day, I'm busted, busted. First off, we talked about this offline and <laughs> you know that I'm, this is not my strong point. So I will take suggestions from any of the participants. <laughs> this is for everyone, self-care. Self-care oh, because yeah. many of us are working longer, more days yeah. because the days just run into each other. We're on the computer. What some self-care suggestions? So, okay, before the pandemic, I will tell you, um, I used to love boxing. Like, that's what I, that was my thing. I can't do cardio, um, like the round the world and all those other things, but boxing, I could definitely do. So that was one of my stress relievers. Um, now that the gyms are kind of opening up, I think a little bit, or they're doing stuff outside, I definitely want to get back into that. Just having like a normal routine Mm -hmm. But I am not the strongest on self-care. Like anytime there's a mission or a goal, yeah. hygiene goes out the window, you know, <laughs> sleep goes out the window, like just everything, you know, goes out the window because I just am so focused in on whatever I need to do. Yeah, so wired. I will work on that. You're wired. You're wired. Yeah. Where's, what's the future for your law firm? This time next year, from a vision standpoint, what are you looking into, looking at? Where do you want to take take the firm? So I want to branch out into other areas of law. So we do personal injury and take medical malpractice. Um, and I'm thinking about hiring someone else to do DUI, family law, because that's what I get a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I think branching out, but I really want my firm to be a firm where people of color have not only can make decisions, but also can get a piece of the pie. And the reason why I went out on my own was because I was making so many people money, an obscene amount of money. And then when I was like asking for my cut, not that it was a gift, I wasn't asking for a gift. I just said, can I get what I earned? And when that became more than just a yes, um, I it was time for me to leave. So. I really want this firm to be a firm that number one, delivers excellent legal service. Right. Um, and number two, just be a stomping ground for people to really be excellent attorneys and also have a piece of the pie too. Not that one person is having seven shore homes and someone else can't even afford to get back and forth to work. You know, I, so, that's the direction. Let's quickly go back to when you went out on your own. And I'm asking this now because you have people who are considering their what's next. What should I do next? And they're teetering on 
doing that. And a good friend just gave me a, a quote that I think is phenomenal where she said, don't let the start stop you. Oh, I guess, yeah, absolutely. What went, on to your, what went into your start where you were able to leave that firm and start your own firm and any suggestions or recommendations for others who are teetering on, should I start my own company? What's, what's my what's next? Any thoughts, advice, words of yeah. wisdom? Absolutely. I think before I went out, um, there was a lot of preparation that went in. Um, the first thing is really what whatever whatever area that you want to go into, business or whatever, you want to make sure that you identify people that are successful in that area and take them out to lunch or Zoom chat, I guess now, um, and pick their brain. There's so much knowledge out there. So I felt like when I decided to go out in my firm, I reached out to a couple of people and say, hey, listen, this is what I'm thinking about doing. How did you start your firm? What did you do? Even like, what banks did you use for your accounts? Like just even simple little things like that were helpful. Um, so I think get a mentor. The second thing is, is you could work on a shoestring budget because it's not about finances all the time. Mm -hmm. I actually started my firm with 13 cases that I took, a laptop, and no space initially. Um, and I was like, you know what? We're gonna make this happen. So it, it's crazy because I think beyond finances, like finances will take you here. But if you have that drive, if you have that relentless work ethic, you could take that to another level. And so from, it's been like two and a half years almost, um, for my firm and um now we have over 100 cases um we're at 1845 walnut street we have an office space um and we're just doing we're all over the place you know what i mean we're sending other people work things that we can't keep in house we're sending other people work so it's just wow. been amazing wow. and you know what this is exclusive for your show but literally i started my firm ten thousand dollars i took a line of credit for ten thousand dollars and just being so creative because you know what i think i was always on a tight budget before so i knew how to stretch a dollar so many different ways you know so and it's, it's crazy because when I start talking to people, they're like, you have to at least have a line of credit of 50 to 100,000. Like you can't do this, blah, 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 all this other stuff. And I'm like, hmm, well, I already know like what goes into a case, right? And I figured out how to get medical records without paying for them upfront. Then I have relationship with doctors. So I'm like, hey, instead of charging me a thousand for that report, let me get it for 250 or something like that. Like my negotiation skills came into full effect. So I think you just need to be creative in whatever you want to do, because wherever you're at, if that is your goal and your calling, you'll make it happen. I'm going to tap into your creativity right now. You all set? <laughs> your wittiness and your pithiness and your creativity. I'm going to give you a word or phrase. Oh my gosh. And I want you to share, I'd like for you to share what comes to your mind in a couple words. Okay. Okay. 2021. Growth. Your mind. 
growth, wealth, freedom. Election. Ah! Is that a word? <laughs> Is that a word? Good, that's good. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Everybody wins. Mm. Everybody wins. Self-care. Necessary. Tracy and Jennifer Hardy. <laughs> power couple. Definitely power couple. My And my husband is literally the most underrated political campaign strategist out there. So if anybody is here that's looking to, because we need judges, we need leaders, we need all these amazing people in place um he is the person to really take you to that next on um, another level so i think we're just like the perfect balance of crazy fun a little bit of everything we're a little bit of it <laughs> how about this one the future of leadership considering this pandemic people working from home diversity equity inclusion all these things that are happening the future of leadership is bringing other people along. Mm. Wow. Good stuff. Very creative. Very creative. <laughs> Jen, what are you most proud of? Your, your organization, your firm, from an accomplishment standpoint, from an achievement standpoint, from a making a difference standpoint, the people you support and work with, what are you most proud of? I think mentoring uh, the next generation. So I had two Latinas um, that were stuck with the LSAT because that's the entry to get, get into law school. And um, most people of color can't take these tests. Like, well, not can't take them, but they don't perform well because of anxiety, yeah. um, because of the resources or lack thereof down in formative years. Like, and taking a test is a strategy right? You really have to, and, and this is so crazy too, because when I was making that deposit the other day, um, this guy's like, oh, so you're an attorney. And I was like, yeah. He's like, I'm trying to get into law school. I'm taking the LSAT. He's like, um, you know, what do you think? And so I started writing down and scribbling like just some like pointers of trying to help him because it is a struggle, right? So I think my um, most proudest achievement is helping someone else realize that they could get to that next level. And that's because I've had amazing mentors, mentors that look like me, mentors that didn't look like me. Um, Judge Hayden is one of my faves, um, one of my favorite people. He actually helped me strategize with just sitting down mm -hmm. and taking the time. And here's the thing. It means a lot when you take time and strategize with someone right? Because everybody brings something different to the conversation. So I will be forever grateful to him for sitting down, strategizing, taking all my crazy like ideas and <laughs> giving me like a little plan. And that's what I try to do for other people because I'm, that's how you pay it, you know, I guess pay it forward. Yeah. So that's how you um, give a nod to your men mentors is by helping other people. I love it. I love it. Shannon, concluding thought, word. Uh, just folks were saying, yes, they believe, uh, yes, working out, sweating it out, even getting some fresh air for your own yeah. wellness during the day. Um, let's see. We also have, you know, as a woman or a man thinks, so he shall be. So business yeah. 
takes creativity. Um, we also have somebody else who said, you know, we need more senators as well. Um, and they're just giving shout outs like, thank you. You're awesome. For, thank you for sharing uh, your thoughtful and proven points, your insight and your great advice. Um, I told you this hour was going to go by. So thanks, Jennifer. we're landing the plane now. Um, I wish, Dr. James, I wish you would have told me to brace for impact well before the hour. Now we have to say goodbye soon. I'm so sad. Um, you are amazing. Your husband's amazing. Um, you guys are just, keep doing what you're doing. Um, great and mighty things are going to continue to come out of what you guys are building. So thank you for gracing us with your presence today. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. I had a great time. Ditto, ditto, ditto. I was even thinking about the boot camp. We went through that experience together and you yeah. stepped up and you always bring it. So thank you so much. You, you brought your heart, you brought your soul, you brought your hubby, you brought your acumen, your lessons, and you brought your encouragement, your push for us to get out there, to make it happen, not to wait for it to happen, but to play a role in making it happen. We thank you for that. For those of you who are tuning in, another wonderful experience, a call to action. Jennifer essentially said, work on your tan, take action now. Let's do it. It's in our hands. It's in our heart. Let's make that difference. Let's take this country. Let's take our skills. Let's take what's around us to levels we've never, ever seen before. Shannon Peck, we're landing safely. We'll see you next week, and we'll see you next week for another edition of The Dr. James Show. Take care, be well, and stay safe. You were just gym-packed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>